Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. necessary just for that brief moment because the outer darkness just told me it's the darkness, outer darkness in hell and that's what the three days of darkness is it's alive somehow it's alive There was no sun and no moon. I was standing on a plane watching the sky with a family member of mine. And as we watched, there was no sun and no moon and no stars for three days. There was this fake artificial lighting in the sky that was very foggy. And there seemed to be light coming from one portion of the sky. But I can't even say it was light in a circular shape like the sun is supposed to be. It was just this fake day that we were getting that wasn't real sun and at night it was so pitch black this false lighting went away and it was it was terribly dark and so that is one last night the lord began to show me how the united states are going to find themselves very soon in a mix that they didn't think possible will come to this land i saw people running to and fro Hallelujah. It looks like the three days of darkness was upon this land. It was in the middle of the day, but it was dark. And people were running. Hallelujah. People had no peace under the three days of darkness. 
confused. A lot of people had a lot of questions what is going on, what cost us. I could hear the, the, the media, scientists and all that, like on television and radio saying they were trying to figure out why did these three, three days of darkness happen, what, what caused it, why were these things happening. And it was like being back in the time of Egypt when the angel up there came into the land and it, and, and it was darkness, it was evil, the, the people were being killed. My brothers and sisters, the first boy was being killed before Pharaoh had no choice to let God's people go. It was all to let God's people go that the angel of that supervised by God Almighty, because God said, I will pass through the land. And it also said, the angel, the angel of that will pass through the land. And the Lord says, I will pass through the land. I judgment of being poured out. The darkest hour is soon to come. That hour will be tragic. Tragic for many. The many who are lost will not find their way. They will wake up in an eternity of pain and torment because they have rejected me one day too late. Many today burn My name is Sharon Milliman. Um, I live in West Virginia. Okay, so my my second NDE happened in 2005 in the summer, and I was sitting on the back steps of my house talking on a cordless phone, and it began to rain. And I heard uh, thunder, and then I heard a loud crack, and the lightning bolt came out of the sky and hit my right arm. And when it did that, I felt this burning, searing, agonizing pain. And the lightning went through my body and then traveled underneath the house. And it left, uh, and it blew the transformer uh, uh, that was right in front of the house. But um, once it hit me and went through my body, it left black, tar marks on the concrete steps 
and I've had felt that pain, that burning, searing pain, and that only lasted for like a minute, and then I just peeled up out of my body. My spirit just came right up out of my body, and I didn't even know I was dead at that point, and I um, went into my house, and I start looking around, and I noticed that Everything has this burnt gold look to it. And I looked at my curtains that were in my kitchen and they weren't mine. And then I went into my dining room and the furniture wasn't my furniture. It was my house, but nothing in it was mine. And I was getting very confused about what, um, what was going on. And like I said, I didn't know I was dead, so I, I couldn't figure out what, you know, where where people were in the house. Why was this furniture not mine? And then I heard this old time radio, and it was playing. Uh, it sounded like something from back in the twenties or thirties, um, and I couldn't find it. I was looking everywhere for this radio, and I thought, well, we. There's no power. Uh, I, I knew something had happened, but I didn't know I was dead, and I I, I just couldn't find any this whatever was making that no, that radio sound. And then just about the time I started to panic, um, there was this huge, loving, formless presence that appeared, and I mean he was huge, and. He just filled me full of this peace and this love that I've never felt in my entire life. And I wasn't afraid anymore. And it was like he just picked me up in his big arms, you know, and we started moving sideways. Um, I didn't go up and I didn't go down, but I went sideways. Well, this presence and I went sideways. And we were moving very, very quickly um, through these, what looked like beautiful pink and gold clouds. And when we got to the end of the clouds, there was this, it was the most beautiful garden. Um, and the, the sky was blue and the air was real sweet and the colors were very vibrant. And it, it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen in my life. And I could hear birds singing and um, the flowers were colors. I don't even have words to tell you what colors they were, but like the pinks were pinker, the reds were redder, um, yellows were brighter yellow, you know, much more so than what you see here. And I still didn't know at that point that I <laughs> that I was dead. So I, I, I really didn't know what was going on. I was kind of just going with the flow. And um, two men um, came forward. As we moved a little bit further into the garden, two men came forward and greeted me. And at first I thought they were angels, but then it hit me because they were wearing this... Um, uh, real expensive, finely woven linen clothing. 
and they were glowing and I thought that they were angels. And then it hit me like, like, um, instant divine knowledge. I was like, Oh my God, no, those, those were my two brothers who had died when they were babies. And I was only a baby when they died. So I didn't, had never met them, but, but it was like instant knowledge that these were my brothers. And when they smiled, they looked exactly like my dad when my dad was a young man. And they were so beautiful. And there was this, this just amazing, beautiful family reunion. You know, it just, it was so wonderful. And I kept telling them, dad would be so proud of you, you know, because they were so beautiful. And they appeared to be about the age of between late 20s and early 30s um so actually they were the ones that had to tell me i died and when they told me i died i was like okay i can do this this is okay you know because of this i wasn't afraid it was so i felt so much love and so accepted and that was one of the big things that I, I, I couldn't get over. Um, and when they told me that I had died, I looked down the front of me and I could see my hair like coming down the front and I could see my body and I was a better version of me. And I could see my clothes and my feet. I could feel the grass so I could still, I had all of my senses. I still, but everything was very heightened, you know, extremely heightened. I could see like all the way around without turning my head and I could see far distances, great detail. And, um, but I looked down the front of me and, and, and I could feel the grass on my feet and, and this was sweet smell of like freshly cut grass. And, um, so well, once they told me, I was like, okay, I can handle this. This is all right. And then, so we moved a little bit further into the garden, and um, there was a bunch of other people that started to gather around me, and they were, like, from all different time periods. The women were in these beautiful dresses, and some of the men were in fancy suits, and then there was other people that were dressed, you know, like we dress today. Um, so. I just knew that they were from different time periods and I knew I knew them, but I didn't know where I knew them from. And they all gathered around and not one of them was over. Like they were between late twenties, early thirties. So not one of, I didn't see any old people. I didn't see any sick people. I didn't see any people hurting or crying or anything like that. Everybody was young and glowy, uh, you know, just so beautiful. And just, it, it was incredible. Um, and they just gathered around me and just loving me. And then, um, it was time for my life review. And that's when the big, huge, loving presence went from um, beside me to behind me. And my brothers got on either side of me. And 
um, then all these other people, they gathered around and it was time for my life review. And what I saw was like a, an old fashioned screen. Um, and I'm watching like a black and white movie and going really fast, like on an old fashioned movie reel. So it's, it's going really fast. And it was my whole life. I saw myself as a little kid. And it was just from the moment I was born all the way up until that moment that I died in my backyard. And, but there was, it, it was like over in a blink of an eye, just like a snap of a finger and it was done. And I thought, wow, my life must be really boring. Because <laughs> it's over so quick. And I asked my brothers, you know, like, okay, something's missing. What's missing? I, the, something's off here. What, what is it? And they just kind of grinned. They didn't, they weren't going to tell me anything. And I was like, really, <laughs> you're going to do this now. Um, but they never really answered. Um, but, but what I got out of it was that this huge loving presence was God and God at that time did not take on a form. He was just a spirit and he was huge. And all he did was love me so completely. And all of those people that were around me loved me so completely and accepted me totally. And there was no judgment at all. And I didn't know that I was supposed to be judging myself. And so they didn't judge me, and I didn't judge me, and there was no judgment. And so that's why it was over so quick. And then I heard a male voice say, what you put out into the universe will come back to you. And I had never heard words like that, so I didn't know what that really meant. But then as we kept walking, um, it was like, I felt like I was hooked up to a giant ivy bottle of knowledge. There was this, like, divine wisdom, and I was being infused with all this knowledge. And, and part of that was being shown what those words meant. And um, what I was taught was that, you know, or what I was shown was this, like, it, I call it the boomerang effect. It's like you throw a boomerang and it gets faster and faster and it comes back at you. Well, that's kind of like what happens with our thoughts and our words and our actions and how we treat people here and what we do um, goes out into the universe, spins, gains momentum, and then comes back and like a boomerang. And, and we'll just smack you right in the head. You don't know when it's coming or how it's coming, but it will come. And so that kind of made me realize uh, <laughs> I better be a good girl, keep my mouth shut, be nice and loving and compassionate and kind and those kinds of things because that's what I want to come back to me. I don't want that, you know, that other stuff. Um, so... We kept walking, um, and and I was getting more knowledge as we were walking around in the garden. Um, and I, you know, like who God is, 
what God is, how the universe was put together. And I was just, I kept saying to God, God, you're so awesome. This is so awesome. You're so cool. And I told him, I said, you're so simple. And us human beings make you so complicated and you're not complicated at all. And I was shocked. You know, I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> because he was so, I mean, he's not what everybody makes him out to be. And and so um, as that was going on, I was looking around um, and I heard this music and there was music that was, it was what I call big music huge, big music, um, many instruments, lots of like orchestras put together, drums and pianos and stringed instruments and that kind of stuff. And I noticed that everything had a vibrational sound. The trees had a sound, the rocks had a sound, the water had a sound, um, the grass had a sound. And when you take all of those individual sounds and you put it together, you have the most magnificent choir and orchestra that you've ever heard in your life. And everything is singing praises to God. And so I was just kind of, you know, all of this stuff was happening. And I'm sure I was only there for a couple minutes, but it seemed like I was there for weeks and weeks and weeks because there was no time. You know, I had, there was absolutely no time. And, um, so after I heard the music, I started to, um, I, I could see like this, what I called the glorious city. And it was off in the distance a bit. And there was a wall, a golden, it was a bright wall that goes around the city. And in the middle of the city is a round building. I mean, there was lots of buildings but there was a big round building in the center and it had a golden dome on it. And then I saw some buildings on the outskirts of the city. Like I saw a place where babies and children go and they're loved and cared for. And, um, you know, they're running around and playing and having a wonderful time. Um, and they were all different, like, ages and stages and um so they have you know when babies and children hi there is a place that they go that they're loved and cared for by their you know past loved ones angels whatever um i saw another building that had now all these buildings are made made of like alabaster marble um, they're just beautiful and the architecture is like there's columns and archways and uh, intricate detail carved into the uh, marble and um, there was a, a I saw a, what I call the hall of knowledge but I don't know if that's what it's called but it was like a library and it had a bazillion books books from top to bottom uh, you know, from ceiling to floor. And it, it was about every subject you could 
possibly want to know anything about, you can go in there and get one of those books and you get this knowledge. And I saw um, um, another building that uh, had these beautiful healing pools, like swimming pools out in the back behind it. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, just absolutely beautiful. The water was like living water. It was just like uh, alive. And it, it was like a spiritual hospital for people who have died like a traumatic death or suicide. And there's mentors and teachers and angels and people that are there to help um, bring these people gently to the awareness of what's happened to them. Um, and everything in heaven is very gentle. It's, it, and it's very beautiful. So it, they're, they're loved into wholeness, you know, and loved into the, the understanding of what happened. Um, and then I saw, there was this one room that I saw that was absolutely magnificent. It was a party room. <laughs> and it had a big, huge chandelier, and it had a guy in the corner playing this giant, beautiful, gorgeous piano. And there was people dancing and uh, laughing and talking, and um, there was a pink blush carpet on the floor. And these expensive paintings on the walls and on the opposite side of where the piano was, there was a table that had this uh, expensive white linen on the tables. And then there were silver trays. And then um, there were flowers, huge flower arrangements and candelabras. And it was just magnificent. But there was fruits and vegetables and meats and pastries and breads and just every kind of food you could possibly want on these silver trays. And um, <laughs> there was a, the women were in these beautiful dresses of, you know, like uh, pink and purple and blue and yellow and red and, and, and the flowers on the table matched their dresses. And then there were men in um, tuxes and fancy suits. And there was a butler and he walked, was walking around and he was holding a silver tray on his hand like this. And he was passing around champagne glasses. And that's, that's all I saw of that. I don't know what the party was, what they were doing, but it was so real. And it seemed so magnificent and festive and joyful. And um, so I saw that. Um, and then, so we're sort of in the middle of the garden by this time, and I'm just like in shock over all of it. It was so gorgeous. And um, there's a grove of trees over in the corner, and by the, you know, off to the side from the, the, the wall or the city there. And people have asked me what the trees were, and I have no idea what they were but Jesus walks out of the grove of trees and he comes up to me and when he does my brothers disappear and I don't know where they went but what he said to me was I love you I'm with you and don't be afraid 
And that was my first clue that I was going to be sent back, but I didn't catch it. It went over my head because I was just, you know, staring at him. (laughs) It didn't dawn on me that what he was saying was, (laughs) we're sending you back. So he was solid. Um, It wasn't just an image. Uh, He he had the long... um, I don't know, dark colored hair. He had um, a dark olive complexion, kind of looked glowy, kind of like everybody else was glowing. So he looked like he had a tan maybe on top of the darker skin. He had beautiful brown eyes. And I mean, he was breathtaking, just breathtaking. And now, I've seen him several times because he's visited me several times physically, not in dreams or visions. And this was the only time I saw him in a, in a robe. Um, and, and he certainly did not look like the, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus that everybody thinks of but he was absolutely breathtaking and um, so he leads me over to this uh, wooded glen and there was light coming through the branches and there was a log laying there um, and a stream and I sat down on the log and when I sat down on the log Jesus walked away and there was a man sitting on the other end of the log. And um, I knew that that man was God. So that huge, loving, formless presence that God was at the beginning had now taken on a form. And I knew that that form was not, I mean, it was the face he chose for me to see. And it, um, um, he, and he was just—he was beautiful too. He was an older—I would—I want to say an older version of Jesus, but not, you know, maybe an extension. Jesus was an ex, a younger extension of—I don't know how to put it. More, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but anyway, he—he he looked totally different. He had um, um, short black curly hair, blue eyes. His skin was not as dark, um, so he he did look different. And um, so we're sitting on the on the log, and he turns to me and he says, "What would you do if it was just me and you?" And I said, "What?" I did not understand the question. And he said, "What would you do if it was just me and you?" And I still didn't understand the question, and so. He just grinned at me, and he he said, come with me. So we get up, and we go, and we move further into the wooded glen, and there was a clearing. And in the clearing, he kind of waves his hand, and he opens up the sky. And I can see um, the vastness of the universe. Um, I could see the spinning planets and sparkling stars and these rainbow-colored gases, but there were no buildings and no trees and no people and no cars and nothing. It's just all that stuff and nothing. 
And I looked at God and I said, if it's all of that and just me and you, you would be sick of me after the first 10 minutes with all of my questions and Saturn, and you wouldn't like me anymore, so no. And when I said that to him, he threw his head back and he laughed. <laughs> and when he laughed, it made me laugh because, I mean, his laughter is so um, contagious and um, his eyes were sparkling. And it, it was kind of a, a cute, funny situation. Uh, and I felt really, oh my gosh, did you just say that? <laughs> and so then we went and we sat back down on the log. And he asked me again, and he said, what would you do if it was just me and you? No mom and dad, no husband, no children, no friends, nobody, just me and you. And I just kind of looked at him and I was like, I didn't, I really didn't know what to say even then. And so I'm looking at this tree and it kind of, you know, draws my attention away from the question. And all of a sudden I'm starting to think these thoughts and I don't know where they came from, whether they were God that put them in my head. But I said, just out of the blue, and I have no idea why, um, I said, God, your hundredth name in the Quran is God is everywhere, God is nowhere, and God is in me. And he said, yes, that's right. And I never read the Quran, I've never seen the Quran, I don't know anything about it. So I was kind of shocked at myself <laughs> that I would come up with something like that, and that it was right. And then I said, as I'm looking at the tree and I see the detail of the bark and the roots beneath the ground pulling the nutrients out of the soil and the nutrients go up into the leaves and the leaves clean the air and we breathe the air and so everything is connected to everything and every single part is very important to everything else and um I'm sure that God put that in my head too, because I was never—I wasn't one to think that way. Um, so I looked at God and I said, "God, you made this tree. You are in this tree. So when I see this tree, I see you." And He said, "Yes, that's right." And then I started thinking about my parents, and I said the same thing. God, you made my parents. You are in my parents. So when I see my parents, I see you. And he said, yes, that's right. Well, I said the same thing about my children. And then I got kind of sad because there have been people in my life who said really horrible things have hurt me very deeply. And... I I started thinking about that person, or well, those people. And I said to God, I said, God, there are people in this world who hurt other people on purpose. And, um, you know, they, they just hurt people. But yet you made these people, you are in these people. So when I see these people, I see you. And he said, yes, that's right. He said, now I have a question for you. And I was like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> I didn't know what to, you know, I thought, oh, my, I'm not going to do well. Um, but he said, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? And 
I didn't know what to say back at first because my first answer would have been nothing. Because my whole life, I've been told you're fat, you're ugly, you're stupid, um, you're this, you're that, whatever. And so I didn't, I didn't know what to say. I mean, that's not something you tell God. And so I said, well, you made me, you're in me. So when I look in the mirror, I see you. And he said, yeah, that's right. And he was so happy. His eyes were sparkly and he was smiling, a gorgeous smile. And he just, you know, and I felt like a little girl who passed, passed, you know, I was, I was happy that he was happy. But what he was basically um, telling me was, I don't make mistakes. I don't make junk. And you are not all of the things that those people in this world are telling you that you are. You are not what the world makes you to be. You are what I make you to be. And I love you. And that, you know, that that's what he was telling me. And so that was huge for me. Um, that, that, you know, we do take on the junk of the world. And we do believe what the world teaches. And we don't hear what he's saying. And... Um, then after after that happened, there were two angels that came and got me, and they took me to this lake, and it was like it was so beautiful, but it was like looking in to glass. Uh, it was so calm, and so I lean over and I look into the water, and I can see the earth below, and what I'm seeing it was like a. It, it was like it was right up here in my face and I could see all these things happening and so this was like back in 2005 and so what I was seeing is stuff that's happening now so I, I saw future events and um, you know the collapse of money um, uh, the terrorist stuff I saw um, I saw um just just uh, lots of things but what the angels told I didn't know what to do with it when I saw it all and the angels were saying that these things don't have to happen it's up to you all you know your collective human selfishness is what is causing these things to happen and you can change this it said these things don't have to happen but they have happened, at least what I've seen so far has happened. So they're saying there's time to change, but we have to make that change. And then um, I was sent back to my body. And I'm, <laughs> um, if I was had a discussion, a conversation about whether to come back or not, it was probably not a good one. And that's why I can't remember. <laughs> But um, um, I do have um, a right bundle branch block in my heart from the lightning and seizure disorder. So, um, but that's, that's my second near-death experience.
Yahshua. Thank you. Thank you, Yahshua. What an awesome God we serve. What a good God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, mighty Jesus. Mighty, mighty Yeshua. Mighty Yahshua. Shalom, shalom, my brother and my sister. Welcome to the Lord Yahweh. This is your host. Hallelujah, brother in Christ. Brother Elvis Zapata, thank you, Lord. We thank him for his love, his mercy that endures forever, my brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. We're going to go into the Word in this Bible study like we always do. Hallelujah. We are talking about the last days before the return of Jesus. My brother and sister, the Lord promised us, amen, that he will come back for us. Amen. And we, hallelujah, believe his word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Yeshua. I am, hallelujah, in Daniel 12. And hallelujah. And then we'll, we'll continue. But Daniel 12 confirmed what God is saying to us about the return of Jesus. Bible says at that time, and that time is the end of time. Shall Michael stand up, that great prince who standeth for the children of thy people? And there should be a time of trouble. But that time is specific for the great tribulation. You see, hallelujah, God is specific in his word. A lot of people think he's not, but he is. Because it tells you that it will be a time of trouble. And this time of trouble required by the prophet Jeremiah as Jacob's trouble. My brother and sister, great tribulation. As Jesus said in Matthew 24, like it never was, and like it will never be again. Such as I never was since there was a nation, my brother insisted. That trouble that is going to come in the great tribulation cannot be compared to now, because I believe we're not in the great tribulation yet. Amen. Because the great tribulation trouble is going to be so bad, so wicked, so evil, that it's not compared to anything we know or anything the nation has known, and I've seen it, and I walk in it, and I don't believe we are there yet. Amen. There should be a time of trouble as there never was since there was a nation, even at the same time, at the time that people should be delivered, everyone who should be found reading in the book. The Lord's giving me a dream yesterday morning, which I'm going to share tonight, a revelation which I believe is, is very important that I share this dream, this revelation that I know it will bless God's people, my brother and sister, because it's better to know. Even though it's difficult to know, it's hard to hear, it's hard to know, but it's better to know than not to know in the Lord. My brother and sister, a lot of people, when they read the Bible, they think it's so, so strong. There's so much there that some people say it's too much. No, it's not because God is informing us. God is making us aware of what is coming, what's going to happen. He wants us to have the knowledge, the knowing, the revelation, the understanding, my brother and sister, before they come. Because they, right now we have entered 2023, a time of trouble, my brother and sister. Notice that from 2013 to 2023, it's a 10 year. 10 years is Number 10 is, is, is related to men in the Bible, Bible insisted. So these are men's trouble that we had entered in 23. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 
and Joe Tess, and Joe Tess, my brother and sister, hallelujah, we hear the devil complains to God against Job. The Bible says, how hast now thou made a hedge about him and his house, and about all that he has on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hand, his substance, his increase in the land. The Lord is, the devil is fully aware of you being, you and I being blessed. My brother and sister, it's not a secret to the enemy. Okay, that's why banks, credit card companies, government RAs, when people have money, they're always sending them letters and, 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 and stuff to them, trying to get to them because they want their money. Hallelujah. The devil's the same. This is, it's the work of the devil they do. My brothers and sisters, amen. But in regard to the trouble, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall be awakened, some for everlasting life and some for shame and everlasting content. There will be a rapture because this day of Daniel 12, 2, is, is, is the dead will be risen first. The dead will be risen first. It was the apostle posted to the Thessalonians. Hallelujah. God is, very, is well detailed in his information to us. Okay? Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall be awakened. And some to everlasting life, some to shame everlasting content. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Brother uh, Wellstrad, I just put up a word here. He said he had a dream at 327 a.m. The Lord visited me last night in my sleep dream. I was outside in the daylight, and it was very bright outside. I saw a tornado far away from me by the mountain. tornado was so tall along. Uh, it was spinning so fast, and it was incredible. This was a powerful tornado by the mountain. It was giving, uh, it will give man heart attack, a human body to see the tornado, I could see it in the distance, then all of the, out of the sun, powerful light, so strong I can't even, uh, could even bl- uh, see blinding me, and it came towards me, and I saw uh, an army of white, beautiful horses with gold decoration running toward me, and I looked up to the horses in the middle. I saw King Jesus. He had a, a golden crown, a gold crown, jewel on his head. He was leading them on. He was so handsome, nice, uh, wearing a white robe, shiny, with gold jewel. His horse came directly in front of me, running really fast. I bowed to my Lord in his presence. He extended his arm out and grabbed me, and I believe he said, I am coming for my bride. And when he grabbed me, he took me with him in an instant, and a powerful bright light consumed me so much I felt like I was going to die by the presence of the Lord. I felt like my soul was out of my body and my spirit returned to my body. I woke up shaking, shelled down my spine about uh, uh, to start swearing, sweating like sweat. So thank you, uh, Brother Estrada, for this. Uh, Shalom, Brother Miguel, Sister Rivero. Amen. So this is a, a dream the Lord gave our brother Wellstrader last night uh, in Tennessee, I believe, was he is now. Praise the Lord! I have had I have received many revelations in Tennessee. As I stay there and pray, the Lord has given me dream revelation, incredible revelation. So I'm so glad the Lord is doing that. So show my brother, Amen. Thank you, Lord. 
And they that, were, that are wise, like the wise bright, the wise bright, they that are wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness uh, as a star forever and ever. And this is what he saw. This light is what Brother Strata felt from the Lord last night in his revelation. My brother insisted, it's in the Bible. It's in the word of God. Isn't that incredible? Hallelujah. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the word and seal the book even to the time of the end. So many run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. So the word that we're sharing in the last day to Daniel, it was told 3,000 years ago to seal the word. Seal it. Because it was not for them. The word will be revealed 3,000 years later. And that's why we're here uh, going into the word, seeing these things, my brother and sister, that are, that are coming to pass right before our eyes. Hallelujah. Then Daniel said, And I, Daniel, look, and behold, there stood two other, one on the side of the bank, the other on the side. And then he's describing the event of the great tribulation, the angel that John see, that it was told not to harm the grass, my brother and sister. Okay? Hallelujah. And then one, one, one said to the men clothed in linen, who was upon the water of the river, How long should it be to the end of these wonders? And I heard the men clothed in linen, who was upon the water of the river, who he held in his right hand. He had a left hand unto heaven, and so by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, in a time, a time, time, and a half. And, and we should have accomplished scattering of the power of thy people, and all these things should be finished. The, and the scattering of the Jewish people have finished. Now is the gathering of the Jewish people back to the homeland. My brother and sister, that's what we are today. The Jewish people are being gathered back to the land, but practically just to the end. There's not much to, to be, uh, not much people to come to the land of Israel. Okay? My brother insisted. And a lot of people know that Benjamin Netanyahu and Naftali Ben, the, private, the, the, the previous, hallelujah, uh, the previous leader of Israel, uh, was constructing in time of trouble home for the Jewish people to return back to the land, my brother and sisters. So uh, this is happening as we're speaking. They're trying to construct home again, even though the UN de- deemed that illegal, the settler illegal, the construction of the home for these people, but it's still in Jewish land. You see how the enemy... Uh, knows what, what the Word of God says, and he's looking to block from the Word of God to being fulfilled, but he doesn't have the power. Even when he uses the legal system, he doesn't have the power. God has no power in heaven and earth. He's using people in the legal system to block the construction of a new home for the new Jewish people to come to Israel, my brother insisted. But it's not going to be possible to stop them. That's why war will will continue to the end. Daniel said it, but I heard, but I understood not. And I heard, but I understood not. Sorry. They said, I, oh my Lord, what should the end of these things be? Daniel was was wandering. Shalom, Brother David. What will be the end of these things? 
why would be the end of these things? And a lot of people right now are thinking the same, brother. What will be the end of these things? Okay, so much is happening, my brother and sister. Um, uh, the Chamber of Thirteen, Sister Becky from from Tennessee, the Lord gave a revelation of the Chamber of Thirteen, and in this revelation, I heard it. But the Lord is so good; the Lord always confirms everything. He took me in the spirit yesterday morning. And one of these uh, one of these people that are the leaders of the financial bank of the United States and in Europe, they are the one that manipulating currency and all that. And one of them I saw owns the water frustration company, one of the largest, I believe, one of the largest here in the U.S. Neto Water Purification Company. Uh, let me see Neto. I believe that's how it's spelled, N-T-N-E-L-T-N-E-T-O. I believe it's, I believe it might have a nation, but he, they own, thank you, Neto, okay, a water company. And I saw this huge tank and huge filter. I was inside the company. They could not see me. And I saw one of, one of these elites was putting some kind of chemical in the water, clean, pure water, filter water. He would put in this chemical before they, they, they bottle the water and send it out to the customer. And But the chemical I knew was going to harm our body. My brother and sister, they're using so many things to try to get people to run to, back to the hospital so they they would um, they will get, uh, the, they get vaccinated. Or swap, okay? The Lord had told me I cannot get swap or vaccinated neither, because they will move myself from my body. He showed me, okay? Don't get swap, don't get vaccinated. I believe both of them. So they're making people sick on purpose, so they can run to the hospital. And I saw him pouring the chemical into the water. It was like a a, a clear a clear. In the chemical, there was something that if you had a bottle of chemical he was using in your head, you may be able to see. But then you see you need special equipment because they, they pay these scientists and people to put this stuff together for them. And this is what they manipulate people. But the Lord let me know, him of the Council of the 13, one of them owns this company. And, and Nestle... I believe was one of the company that that had supposedly is for the family. Okay, they're there for the family. They supposedly are there to to help people. My brother and sisters, they they don't just do water. Okay, I believe they 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 make a lot of products, lots of products. My brother and sisters. Okay, but water purification is one of the things they do. One of the logan is good, uh, good for good for life, good for good for life. It's one of the 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 logan of the company. Okay, so they they pretend to be in you know uh, the one helping people, but my brother and sister they're not because the chemical they're putting in the in the 
They even claim they're helping Ukraine there on the west side, my brothers and sisters. Okay, and they make they make product, they make a seasoning for food. Wow, I didn't even know Kickcock, Gerber, which is food for children for babies. They make a Nestle Melo, I believe, which is milk. Nescafe, okay, Coffee Mate, Coffee Mate. Imagine that, Coffee Mate. Uh, Pellegrino, I don't know what product that is. Purina, a uh, Frisky, they make. I believe that's cereal. Uh, Purina, which I believe is is, is powder milk. Uh, then Nescafe, those. Um, Stuffer, ice cream they make. Nesanito, which is, is cream for coffee, I believe. Dryer, uh, Carnation, which is milk. The people use for cooking also. Making sweet, making uh, candy or... or or baking cake, things like that, Perrier. They make so many products, my brother insisted. Nestle makes so many products. And the Lord showing me their chocolate milk, Nesquik. They, own, they made that too. And baby food, like we said before. Animal food, uh, animal dog food they make also. Ice cream, my brother insisted. Imagine them, they make all this stuff, right? And, and condensed milk, thank you. Cookies, yes. They make so many things. And the Lord showed me, and I could see him pouring pour this chemical that will make people sick in, in, in the water. Okay? My brother insisted. So please, please stay away from the product. Pray about it. To the Lord, he will confirm to you. Okay, they're trying to make us sick. Okay, How, making people have a stomach problem so much more. Okay, it's all it's all done purposely. Bible insisted. Okay, and God don't want us to to be consuming these products that are making us sick. Bible insisted. Notice lately, a lot of people having a lot of stomach problems. See a lot of people running to the hospital for different reasons. They're doing this on purpose. And so people will get the vaccine. Okay, so stay away from Nestle. It's not good for you. The Nestle product company, it's my brother and sister. It's dangerous for our health. And the Lord showed me what they are doing behind in secret. But there's nothing hidden, hallelujah, that will not come out to light. They may keep it hidden from men, but not from the Lord. Because the Lord knows everything. My brother and sister, he knows every single thing going on down here, okay? And this company thinks that they can hide themselves from the Lord, and they're doing these things in secret, and they're not going to get away, okay? So when when, Job, when Satan goes to God against Job, my brother and sister, then Satan answered the Lord and said, That Job feared God, God for, not, for nothing. Has not thou made a hedge about him, about his house? About all that he had in every sight. Thou hast blessed the work of his hand, the substance that he have increased in the land. But put forth thy hand now, and touch all that he had, and he will curse thee in thy face. The devil's always looking for people to curse God. And like he said in his face, that's a disrespect right there. Telling God, hallelujah. And thank you, sister. They're buying all the, all the water. Nestle water buying all the water. So be, be careful when you go to the store and you buy a bottle of water and it has their 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 symbol, their their icon or their name there. 
Be very careful, please. Okay, because they're, they're looking forward to making people sick. So the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he had is in thy power. Only, uh, only upon himself, put not for thy hand. So Satan went from the presence of the Lord. Satan was in the presence of the Lord, and, and it was not repenting. He was there not to repent. He was there to accuse us. He is accusing our brother, Revelation 12. The one that accuses us day and night, says there. Okay, so know who your enemy is. Because we wrestle not, Ephesians 6, 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, so against all the rulers of the system, which are all under Satan control. All the demons have to do what Satan says. So knows your enemy. Okay, verse 13. And it was the day when the sons uh, and his daughter were eating and drinking in the elder brother house. And they came a messenger unto Joel and said, The oxen were plowing, uh, asses were feeding beside them, and the Saldeans, the Saldeans uh, were Arabs. Okay? I looked up Saldeans. Saldeans are descendants of Shiva, which I thought the queen of Shiva was African, not necessarily, okay? I, I was, because uh, I had to, I went back, Shiva, and then um, it, it, it gives you a few verses in the Bible, Arabic. They spoke Arabic language. And, and then from Shiva, they, it led me to uh, where Shiva came from. And, and she was not necessarily Arab, my brother and sister. I mean, not necessarily uh, African, okay? Asians, uh, no, not Asians, sorry, not Asians. Um, Queen of Shiva, give me a second here, because I, I looked her up, Queen of Shiva, and Queen of Shiva, she is related to, praise you, Lord, thank you, God, hallelujah. Uh, uh, Jewish, Islamic, yes, Gem, Gemini, of Ethiopian, in the land religion of uh, Shiva or Saudi Arabian, Shiva, Yemen, Yemen. Okay, and Yemen's are Arabs, basically, which is called in a uh, country in, in Western, Western Asia, okay? And so you have to follow the 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 nation where she come from in order to find out if um, Shiva was from Africa. No, she was from German, which were Arab, in another word, my brother and sister, Islamic. So she was more from the side of Ishmael, Ethiopia. And so it, I would say in between, Ethiopia, German, so Arabs, they're from the side of Ishmael, more than from the side of the Jewish people. Okay, so they, they Shalom Joseph. They do say that the the, the Arabs of brothers were were because Ishmael and Isaac were brothers. Amen. Now the the other question we were talking about last week is Abraham came from the from Earth of the Chaldeans. So the question is, was Abraham Chaldean, my brother and sisters? Was Abraham Chaldean? And for that answer, we go to Genesis 11. Okay? 
Because in Genesis 11, it's a tower of Abel. Tower of Abel. And you may ask, why is the Tower of Abel important here? Okay? And the Tower of Abel here is not necessarily important because it was disobedient. But the, the, the descendants that decided to come together because they were all brothers and sisters or cousins, cousins is the word I would say, family, family. They spoke one language because the people that came out of there, that, that were there together, with the sons of Noah, uh, uh, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, okay? These brothers, these people were the descending of them, my brother and sisters. And that's why they, they were family, okay? But when the Lord comes down and confounds the language, then they were all speaking in different language, okay? But he has, in verse 10, verse 10 of chapter 11 of Genesis, I'm going to read with you. If you have your Bible, you can follow with me. Verse 10 says, These are the generations of Shem. Shem was 100 years old and begot Arephas, two years after, after the flood. Shem lived after he begot Arephas 500 years and begot sons and daughters. Okay? And then when you go down here, okay, you're going to notice something. In verse uh, 26, now, verse 26. And Terah lives, Terah was one of the, his sons, Hashem. Okay, Terah lived 17 years and begot Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. Now, Abraham was the older. Then came his brother, Nahor, and Haran. Three brothers out of that. We're talking about following the linear out of the sons of Noah. So Abraham was not of the Chaldeans. He specifically was in the land of the Chaldeans, but he was not Chaldeans. And that God makes it clear to us in his word. Why? It's important because the Chaldean comes from the giants. The Chaldeans are the Russians, and they come from the giants. Not to be confused. So Abraham could not come out of the Chaldeans. I have to go back in the word and study this well. My brother insisted, this is nothing to be confused here. Hallelujah. Nothing to be confused. Abraham came from Shem, first sons of Noah. Okay. Terah lived 70 years. Begai Abraham. Terah was one of the uh, uh, son or grandsons of Shem. Now these are the generations of Terah. Begai Abraham, Nabor Haran, and, and begot Lot. And Haran begot Lot. Haran was his brother. He begot Law. But here what happened with, with Haran. Okay? Haran died before his father Terah in the land of the Nactivity. The land of the Nactivity in the earth of the Chaldeans. They were next to the Chaldeans. The land of the Nactivity belongs to the Chaldeans. It's like when Cain went to the eastern of the garden, that's where he found his wife, which was the descendant of the of the. Giants, my brother insisted. But notice that this land is named the land of the Chaldeans after the flood. After the flood, it's named the land of the Chaldeans. Okay? And Isaiah the prophet says that the Chaldeans are people that were not. That means that they don't come from the descendant of, of Adam and Eve and all the people that come, the sons of Joseph and not. No, they were not. 
they come from the giants. Because a giant cannot claim being coming from Adam and Eve. They cannot claim because they the giant came, first of all, their parents, Genesis 6, came from fallen angel and women. When they came to the daughters of men, then they had children, they began to multiply. My brother insisted. Those are the people, the Bible is very specific about them. These are the people that were not. And they are those Shadians. The Shadians are people that were not. These are the Russians. This is where the Russians come from. There is a lot of mixed blood in the Russians. Okay? And the Russians are very protected of the DNA for many years, hundreds and thousands of years. They're very protected of the DNA. Even back when they lived close to Iraq, uh, uh, Syria, and all these countries, Iran, they, never, they had their own family back then. Their own family, they kept themselves together until the time came that when they moved to the north and they began Russia, what is known today is Russia. My brother is in Moscow, Russia, the capital of Moscow, okay? They're very protected of their own family, their own generation, okay? And they have the reason for being that way, okay? So Genesis, okay, uh, uh, so Haran died before his father Terah in the land of the nativity, Ur of the Shadians, okay? And so when God makes the call to Abraham to come from his family, well, let me keep reading. Abraham and Abor took themselves wife, and the name of Abraham's wife was Sarai, and the name of Abor's wife was Melchah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Melchah, and the father of Iscah. But Sarai was barren. She had no, ch- no child. And Terah took his wife, his son, Lot, the son of Haran, his son's sons, Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his sons Abraham, they went forth with them from Urth of the Shadian to go to the land of Canaan. They came into Haran and dwell there. They left the land from, that was called the, the, his nativity. My brother and sister, which I, nativity I believe was he was where he, he was born next to the land, but the land belongs to the Chaldeans. Okay? And then, then Terah went, uh, and the day of Terah was 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. He died by the time they were going to the land of, of Canaan and came to Haran on the way to Canaan, and he died. He died. My brother and sister. And then chapter 12, when it begins, the Bible said that the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto the land that I will show thee. Okay? So I will show thee. So this here is a calling of faith from God to Abraham. Because Abraham never been to Canaan before. He didn't know how Canaan looked, how the people that were there looked. He, he, I mean, there was nothing about Canaan he knew. And God comes across him when he's in Haran and says for him to get, hallelujah, to go, my brother and sister, out of his country from the kindred from his father's house into the land that I will show thee, and I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and I will make thy name grace. Thou shall be a blessing. And I will bless him that will bless thee, curse him that will curse thee, and in this year all the family of the earth be blessed. 
who are the family that will be blessed? Those that will walk by faith because of the calling of God to, to, to Abraham is a calling of faith. My brother and sister, and this calling of faith, hallelujah, you are only blessed by God when you obey him. Because now the next step of Abraham toward the calling of God is to be obedient and move forward. If you hesitate and decide to stay back, you will be cursed. You will not be blessed. The blessing comes after you obey the Lord. My brother insisted. So Abraham, by faith, decided to obey the Lord. Okay? So Abraham departed as the Lord has spoken to him. Notice that Abraham is following the voice of God, listening, obeying, moving forward in the calling of the Lord upon his life. And love went with him. And Abraham was 17, five years old when he departed from out of Haran. My brother insisted. How old is he when he have Isaac now? That will tell you when did the promise of God comes to him about being blessed. Felicia was 99. He's 75 now. That's 24 years afterward that the blessing began to come upon his life. Some people want the next day, no, God told me last week that I will be blessed. How come I'm going through this? How come I'm having a hard time finding a job? No, no, God told me I will be blessed. They, they, God spoke to them, then they began to doubt if God spoke to them. Wait on the Lord, the Bible says. Wait upon the Lord. Wait on him. Don't, don't go crazy. God has a timing for everything he does upon, uh, hallelujah, upon, upon the earth. Bible insisted. Hallelujah. Don't, 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 don't get desperate. Just wait. Isaiah 40, 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew the strength. Here's what happened. We need strength on this earth every day. And the only way we get more is by being renewed in the presence of the Lord, my brother and sister. So how do you get renewed? How do your strength get renewed? Well, here it is. Way by day. Notice that uh, you don't find many buts in the Bible, but when God gives you a but, God's saying it's on you now to obey. You have to make the choice. You have to make the decision. My brother insisted. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount, hallelujah, with wings of eagle. Hallelujah. And you can attribute this going to heaven in the rapture also. But you can make sure that you will be above and not below, the Bible says. You will mount. Hallelujah. They shall run and not be weary. What wearies you? What wears you out? Because if you wait upon the Lord, you will run, but you will, you will not be wear out. A lot of people are wear out. They don't want nothing else. They're wear out. They're just tired of, they say, waiting upon the Lord. When you start wearing out, stay back and pray and fast. If you feel like you're, you're being wear out, you're running, you're running out of energy. Hallelujah. Stay back and pray with the Lord. They should run and not be weary. They should walk and not faint. Hallelujah. A lot of people are fainting because of health problems. 
But the Bible says, hallelujah, that they will, they shall walk and not faint. People say that they cannot walk that fainting. The Bible said that if you wait upon the Lord, you will walk and not faint. So you need to, you need to take a step in obedience, but also toward waiting upon the Lord. Because you will, you will walk and not faint, my brother insisted. I know a lot of people are fainting because of COVID, COVID-19, and the booster that they're getting and all that. They took the vaccine, they're taking the booster because they're not trusting on the Lord, simply. If you trust the Lord to be your healer, hallelujah, your Savior, then trust the Lord completely. Trust in him completely for your life, for your health. The God that called you said that you will not faint. But, Brother Elby, this virus is making people faint. It will make them faint who's not waiting upon the Lord. But if you're waiting upon the Lord, you will not faint. This virus will not affect you that way. Look at me and my family. I have children. Look at us. None of us have been vaccinated. We have not fainted. We're waiting upon the Lord. The Lord is helping us. The Lord is with us. And if we feel sick and we're getting sick, we pray for healing. We claim the Lord's promise. He sent his word and he healed them all. By his stripe, by his wound, we're healed. It's a simple matter of waiting upon the Lord, claiming his promise, knowing that the Lord is faithful. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. So Abraham departed as the Lord spoke unto him. Love went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Iran. Abraham took his wife, Sarai, and love his brother and son, and all their sustenance that they had gathered, and the souls whom they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, into the land of Canaan they came. Here, here, here is the wisdom of the Lord. Abraham not just took the people. He took the people by making sure that the people still had their soul in their body. And God has made sure he's telling us what Abraham did. Because you got a lot of soulless people on this earth who've been vaccinated. They're soulless. They don't have a soul. They've still been taken down. How do, you, how do you walk with these people? How do you take these people anywhere? Well, look at the example of Abraham. Everything under, under the sun is in the Bible. God, and through, through all thousands of years, there's been soulless people in many places. In the time of Abraham, there was many soulless people. But look what Abraham did. Abraham took his, Sarai, his wife, and lost his brother and son, and all the sustenance, all that they own, that they had gathered. And look what he did now. The souls whom he had gotten in Haran. That means that if, if there were soulless people in Haran, they would not go with Abraham. And how would Abraham know if, if well, God will let him know if they were vaccinated and the soul had been removed. Hallelujah. Shalom, sister. Take care. May the Lord bless you and give you wisdom and understanding on your new, on your new job. Will he keep you and give you wisdom to do your job correctly and better than anyone? In Jesus' name. The Lord sent his angel around you to protect you, to keep and deliver you. In Jesus' name. Abraham took people that had the soul in their body. My brother and sister, he walked by faith, not by sight. It's not what his eye was seeing. 
is what God was saying. God was guiding him. God was guiding Abraham. My brother and sister. So this piece of information that God is giving us about Abraham who walked by faith. Hallelujah. That he takes the people that had a soul. The soul whom he had gone in Haran. Hallelujah. How come it did not say the people? Because the Bible tells you when, when it's body, soul, and spirit. And here the translation from the Hebrew language, the original word for soul in Hebrew is what is being translated into English. Soul, not spirit and not body. God is specifically here telling us that the people that Abraham took with him out of Haran, because the giant were in Haran, the giant was, were in the land of the Chaldeans. And there were many people there that did not have their soul. Why? Because the giant, like in the times of uh, Noah, uh, Noah they, 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 they damaged the flesh. They contaminated the flesh. And there, Haran was the same. So Abraham has to be careful that the people he will go out with have their soul in their body. And he made sure, and God made sure to tell us what Abraham did. Because this, this is a translation from the original Hebrew Bible. My brother and sister, soul. Hallelujah. My brother and sister, hallelujah. It's not body or spirit. Hallelujah. Nash, Nash, Nashma. Hallelujah. Nashama in Hebrew, Jewish. And the soul identifies in Hebrew as itself. Hallelujah. That I have it in the body. Let me let me let me put it in the chat room here. In case people are wondering what does this mean and where he's getting that information. Here it is. This is the word for soul in Hebrew. Nashma. Different than the body and the spirit. Okay? Abraham took the people that had the soul that was now vaccinated or swap on their nose. Very specific here. Very specific. And God Almighty, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, wanted you and I to know what Abraham did by faith. And the calling of God upon his life. Make sure that the people, because as it was in the days of Noah, Luke 17, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man, where you and I are at the coming of the Son of Man. Okay? So in the times of Noah, salt lay people after the Nephilim contaminated our flesh. Okay? They removed the salt from people's body. The majority of them. But Abraham was not tricked by the Nephtalians. Abraham was being led by God. And Abraham knew that everyone who got vaccinated in his time, hallelujah, and, and he needed to, the people that would go with him, needed to have their soul. They could not be contaminated. They could not be vaccinated. They have to be pure for the Lord. Their soul has to be in their body. This is how Abraham walked with God. And you and I need to walk the same. Please listen. This is important. Father says to me, 
that those that were taken by sin will not be part of his kingdom. But the Lord is a merciful that is having us pray for people that have been vaccinated because they were very disobedient when they did. Okay? They didn't trust in the Lord for their health, for their protection. David said, for the Lord is my shield and my protector. Hallelujah. Him that dwell under the shadow of the Almighty, he says. Hallelujah. The Lord is the one who protects us. So if the Lord is our protection, whom should we fear? No one. So then why, if you don't fear no one, for I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortune, my God, and him should I trust. Then why did they get vaccinated for? Disobedient. Lukewarm life in the Lord. Lukewarm Christian in the Lord. Not praying, not fasting, not committing the life to the Lord. As they should have. No excuse. Because in that, in that great day of judgment, God will question the vaccinated, the saved and the unsaved. There will be saved people that people will have to pray for them to the end of the great tribulation, seven years, nonstop, every day, day and night. For them to be in safe. It's the only way. Or they will end up in hell. My brother and sister. But God knows who give, who give that responsibilities to. Because God will give us some responsibility. This past week. I shared this on the Lord's Tower. As I was in prayer for my family. Who most all been vaccinated. And the Lord has sent me to them. Not to be vaccinated. But they were very disobedient. The Lord let me know. One of our friend, high school friend, who always visited the family been around us, came to visit us here and stayed with us here in North Carolina. When I, when I was taken to hell, I saw him down there and all that. Raphael, is that you? My Lord. The Lord spoke to me, pray for Raphael. Pray for Raphael, he says to me. Yes, Lord. And so help me pray for his wife and children. My brother insisted. Because the Lord had me tell them face to face in person in New Jersey when the Lord had me visit. I asked the Lord if I could. I remember and the Lord said, okay. Gave me permission to go. And I don't make a trip without asking the Lord first. I like to go to the Lord, especially that long distance. And the Lord... My brother and sister gave me the okay to go. And I gave them the word, face to face. This is what God says to me. That those that will take the vaccine will not be part of his kingdom. Don't take the vaccine to all my brothers and sisters. Friends, standing face to face, right there, serious. No joke, not a laughing matter. They heard me serious. A life series, not that series, a life series. My brother and sister, they heard me saying it. A life by Christ for Christ series. And they heard me. And they heard me clear. And they still went and got convinced by their work, their company, their work, their job, their boss, that they needed to be vaccinated. And I told them, no matter who, Try to make sure to take it. Don't take it. And they did. The Lord took me to hell to see them in hell where they are. They were there ashamed to see me. 
because they didn't know what to say to me. But I told, I told them in hell, didn't I not take, tell you not to take the bicycle? And they said, yeah, you did. They were, they're very sorry now. Very, very. You can even imagine how sorry they are. Shalom, sister. Very sorry they are. Very, very sorry. There are people very sorry in hell. But the consequence of disobedience. But you, you, we can already know. Look at Adam and Eve. were kicked out of the garden. Get out of here. Until they listened to the devil. They lost the, the blessing of all the blessing they had in the garden. They lost it. One single day. They lost all the blessing. God put a sword in a sheriff. Don't let them enter here. They need to stay away. Now in the wilderness and the cold, they needed to farm, farm their own food. Oh, it, it was hell to pay for the disobedience. It's hell to pay for those people who don't listen to the law in the last days. God help us. God help us. Disobedience bring great punishment upon people's life. My brother and sister, God loves us very much. Hallelujah. Yes, that will help, brother. That will help. The pine needle tea, uh, to, uh, repentant to restore the DNA, that will help. Hallelujah. It's just a disobedient. God, God don't take that lightly, like a lot of people think. Verse 6, so Abraham passed through the land into the place of Sheshit, into the plain of Marath, and the Canaanite were in the land. Hallelujah. These Canaanite, the trouble maker. Remember God says to Moses back in, uh, later on in Exodus 3, that he will remove the Canaanite from, from, from before them. The Canaanite had their own king later on, their own army. And they, they will try to stop the children of Israel from going to the promised land. And God says to Moses, I will remove them from before you. Abraham is going through this land. My brother insisted. He's just passing through the land. Passing through the land. To the place of Shinshen. And to the plain of Moray. And the Canaanite were in the land. These, these people are troublemakers. Hallelujah. But they've been around for a long time. That's why when you hear today them talking on television from the Middle East. They say, oh, we've been around, our generation been around for thousands of years. They're not lying. A lot of people think they're lying because they want to claim land. No, no, they're not lying. They've been around for long. Look at it right here. Look at it right here over 6,000 years ago. My brother insisted. They're not lying. I'm not lying at all. Hallelujah. But God was the one who created the heaven and the earth. Everything belongs to him. He gives it to whoever he wants. Hallelujah. Verse 7, And the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said, Unto thy sea I will give this land, and be an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Where he's going through this land, Asheshen, in the plain of Moreth, and the Lord appeared unto him. My brother and sister, this land here where God appeared unto Abraham, it's where God wants to show himself to all generations and appear to all people. He appeared to, to uh, Jacob when he's heading from, from Canaan back to where, where his father-in-law was. He appeared to him there, about the same place. And what did Jacob say that place was? God appeared to them. That place still there in Israel. 
And a lot of people have, have visitation of God there. God is still appearing there. Never changes. This is place, this land. Okay? Thousands of years this has been happening. Still there. Still happens today. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He appeared to Abraham there, to Jacob, to so many people there. My brother and sister. A lot of things, oh, this was in the past. They want to put God in a box and keep him in the past. Huh. They're so wrong. So, so wrong. Verse 8, And he removed from hence unto a mountain of the east of Bethel. Pitches 10, Having Bethel on the west of Ai on the east. And he built an altar unto the Lord, calling upon the name of the Lord. Now, I did a Bible study about Ai. Because believe it or not, Ai comes from the Nephtalian. There's no Ai without the Nephtalian. What is God saying to his prophet in the last day about Ai? Artificial intelligence. That is coming from the Nephtalians to the people, to America, to Russia, to China. I was listening to a guy this past week on YouTube. He's a, he's a millionaire. Back in 2017, he ordered, he got a hold of this company from Russia, in which he wanted to do business with, and he ordered 17 coins from Russia, about $170,000 each. The company gave him one for free. He wanted to sell this car in the U.S., in California. The thing is that the car came with an AI so advanced that he says it's a thousand times more advanced than Shot GPT. And he gives up, uh, in the YouTube online, he gives, a, he gives an example of what this AI can do. He went into his house with the remote of his card in his hand. The children were playing games, the television was on, people were speaking with one another. And from there, he put his finger on the, on the control and spoke to his car and said, turn on. 300 feet away and turn on his car. Okay? He said, set the temperature, and the car said, it's on. Set the temperature to 75 degrees inside. Temperature set to 75 degrees. He said, with everything on, can you do that with Siri or Google? No. These are stupid technology, he says. That's what he used. Really bad technology that they're given. Look at this iPhone, latest iPhone, iPhone what, 14, with Siri on. He spoke, he says, it has face recognition. He says, when I use that, sometimes I don't even recognize my face. Stupid technology. This thing from Russia, I sit in my car for hours, and I can search the Internet, I can tell them anything, and it can search it for me without a single problem, without any error. I can search company online. I can do this. I can do that. I have BMW that costs three times more than this car. Mercedes-Benz that costs four to five times more than this car. He said he has in his collection. And this car that is only $170,000 is better than all of them put together. He had it for five years, he says. He was talking about ChatGPT. Look at these people claiming how good ChatGPT is from OpenAI, the company, that even Elon Musk started. That thing is, 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 this thing is like a million times better than that. He says, the Russian has this technology. We could have been enjoying this technology. When I go in my car, it tells me if I have a fever, if my temperature is up, it, it records my heart. If something wrong with my heart, it wants to call my doctor or tell me to call my doctor. It checks. It does all these things. I said, go, go on, 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 
I lie and look for the sound that I want to listen to, and it goes and does it for me. No error, no mistake, nothing. It's just connected to my Wi-Fi. Okay? This stuff we have, this iPhone, this Android, they're garbage compared to this. The guy says, we could have all this technology in the U.S., but now with the sanction on Russia, it's going to take us 20 to 30 years to enjoy something like this. And I talked to my customer, all the 17, my customer that got their car, they're loving it. They say this, this is the best thing ever made. Okay? We could all have this in the U.S. in our devices and our, our phones. Good technology, good AI, not the garbage we got here. I'm not a Russian. I was born here, generational life here. You know, it's just they got better stuff. China's coming up with better stuff too, he says. We don't, our AI here is garbage. It's, it's just dumb, he says. Now, listening to him, he's showing you an example that is true. That doesn't get confused because too many people speaking. A lot of even this company, AT&T, Verizon, all of them, T-Mobile, you're on the phone with them, with the, with the AI, and the AI, if another person is speaking, is telling you, oh, it cannot. It's just stupid technology they have. Dumb, old stuff. Marble and sister. Okay, even with ChatGPT, this thing is still not good in Marble and They're saying, you know, if they didn't put this sanction on Russia, we wouldn't have this stuff here. But another thing, because a lot of people have sent me a lot of links, what the United States is fighting in Ukraine, fully automatic, not semi-automatic, that we have weapon companies that are semi-automatic here. In Russia, they're fully automatic. The drum goes inside. They're they putting they, they put on the, the missile inside, charging themselves, and then going to launch missile. And this is a second-generation uh, drums. They got a third-generation drum, a hundred of them waiting on line to be used. Okay? My brother and sisters, they were ready to be used in Ukraine. They're waiting for them to destroy those, to send the better one to fight. These people are going to be fighting drones there for years to come. Russia just said that the war has been extended for another year. They're looking back at this laughing. My brother and sisters, we need to trust in the Lord. America needs to go back to the Lord and put all this garbage behind. We don't have this good AI technology that people claim they have. Our Lord, our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has been our protection. He had his mighty angel protecting us for hundreds of years, this nation. Why would we remove our protection from the Lord? How about our protection be removed to trust on technology that is no good? That's what these generations are doing. Trusting on technology that is not good is broken. My brother and sister, it's failing all the time. When we can trust in the Lord who never fails, who's never broken, his kingdom lasts forever and ever. My brother and sister, we need to go back to our root, our foundation. Hallelujah. And do what Abraham did. Follow the, the voice of the Lord. Notice that Abraham... It's going through the land of Ai, the land of the giants, the land of the Nephtalians. Okay? Yes, and Ai stands for Antichrist. Amen. Marvel insisted. But it's artificial intelligence that they're using. Okay? In the time of Abraham, there's nothing new under the sun. They have this intelligence. The Nephtalians are the one that come up with this intelligence. Our government will not have it unless they give it to them. My brother and sister, hallelujah. 
So he removed from hence to the mountain of the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. He finds in the middle in the middle of Bethel, and let me tell you, Bethel in the Bible is very significant. Sometimes you read these names and you, 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 you overlook them, never overlook anything in the Bible. Because everything in the Bible is very significant. They were very uh, mighty events, hallelujah, that happened in Bethel, hallelujah. In the, in the case of, of Jacob, in Genesis 35, God said unto Jacob, Arise and go to Bethel and dwell there. And make thee an altar unto God, who appear unto thee, whom thou fled from, from the face of Esau thy brother. Jacob said unto his household, and to all that were with him, Put away the strange God that were among you, be clean and change your garment, and let us rise and go to Bethel. And I will make thee an altar unto God, who answer me in the day of my distress. Uh, I was, and it was with me in the way which I, which I went, he says, Bethel. My brother and sister, there's so much memory in Bethel. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let me see if I can uh, look a couple more. Just to show you, Bethel is a special place. Hallelujah. God sent him to go do a, a, a offer, a sacrifice. Hallelujah. And in 1 Kings 31, behold, there came a, a man from... Of God out of Judah, by the word of the Lord, unto Bethel, Jebreon stood by the altar to burn incense. This is when God used Jebreon to punish the wicked ones. Okay? This happened in Bethel. Okay? Hallelujah. And then in, in 1 Kings 13, 4, it came to pass that the king Jebreon heard the saying of the men of God, who had cried against the altar in Bethel. Okay? The place where God told Jacob to offer an altar unto God in Bethel, the God that appeared to him. Later on in the, in, in the king, first king, they were sacrificing. The devil was having people sacrifice uh, uh, unto himself, unto the devil. Veil, the devil. My brother insisted. It's just so incredible how the enemy can turn things around. Hallelujah. Uh, then first king, 13, 11, they were... Dwell an old prophet in Bethel, whose son came and told him all the work that the man of God has done the day in Bethel. And, and, and the word which he has spoken unto the king, then they told also unto their father. First King 13, 32, for the same which he cried by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against all the house of the high places which are in the city of Samaria shall surely come to pass. Hallelujah. My brothers, this sin, this disobedience came so, 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 so. But here in 2 Kings 2, Elijah said to Elijah, tarry here, and I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elijah said unto him, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. Hallelujah. The place where God appeared unto uh, Jacob. My brothers, this is no coincidence. So when you see names like this, don't ignore them. We, you know, study them. Okay? If you have a computer, sit on your computer and look up these names, study them. Because you will gain such a knowledge at the meaning of these things. Why are these cities like the city of Bethel is so important to God and so important to God's people? Because that's where God appears and that's when they made it. 
offered a sacrifice unto God, my brother and sister. Okay? Thank you, Lord. So Abraham pitches ten there on the west, okay, and Ai on the east. Hallelujah. Where are they getting this direction? Haven't you wondered why do they say west, east? And the west and east of what? Remember that they have a knowledge of the garden. Okay? Their knowledge, their guidance is like the knowledge. It's like, it's like the Jewish the Jerusalem. South of Jerusalem, north of Jerusalem, east of Jerusalem. So these people are like north, the north and east of what? Okay? My brother insisted. Where they came found his wife. On the east of what? The garden. Found his wife on the east of the garden. My brother insisted. So when you, every time you look at this, and you begin to, to, to study it, remember why these things are so significant. Hallelujah. Listen, uh, Genesis 4.16, And came went out from the presence of the Lord, dwell in the land of Nah, to the east of the garden. Huh. This principality Nah was in the east of the garden. In the east of the garden, also Ai, in the same place, not principality, Nephthalian, Ai, also. It was known by not, it was known by Ai, the east of the garden, my brother insisted. Is that a coincidence or God saying something to us clearly? That these, like the Lord is saying to his prophet, these Ai are coming from the fallen Nephthalian. They're giving it them to them, and I will, pray, I will play you a prophecy from something uh, from sister from Tennessee, and you'll hear her, how the Lord revealed these things to her. My brother and sister, it's no coincidence. The latest three ones she just put up. Okay? So incredible how God is revealing these things. And when you hear the prophet and you study the word, then you begin to understand, wow, wait a minute. Okay? Salbians, we already studied what they are. Look, hallelujah. Verse 16 of Job 1. While he was speaking, yes, speaking, there came another and said, Fire of God has fallen from the heaven, and has burned up the sheep and the servant, and consumed them. Only I escape. Okay? And which is identified for the last days, laser technology. Okay? Laser technology, fire from heaven. Okay? Okay? Notice how they attack one way. They use a the technology. Notice how the drone of Iran are attacking in Ukraine. The Chaldeans are using the drones of Iran. My brothers, it's the first attack. Okay? It's indication Arab technology being used as it was used in the times of Job. My brother and sister, look, it's no coincidence. Now look how it follows. I want you to see the sequence that God is showing us here, okay? First, you saw the Salbians, okay? Second of all, you see the laser technology, Arab technology being used, okay? I had a page here online that tells you more about the Salbians, but you can, you can go ahead and study that. Then Joel 117, and why was he assist, while he was 
yes speaking, they came another and said, the shall be made up three van. It's verse 17. I looked this up. Three van, three van, what does it mean? One of the Bible says that they separated in three. It was a whole army ready to come and attack as they did in Jerusalem in the time of King Hezekiah, in the time of Jeremiah, when they surrounded Jerusalem. It's the same picture here being revealed to us when King Nebuchadnezzar sends his army of the Chaldeans to surround Jerusalem in the book of Jeremiah. Here, you see the same army in the times of Joe, Genesis still. A lot of people believe the book of Joe from Genesis because of the language and all that. My brother insisted, three van, they divide themselves in three, and they fell upon the camel and have carry. Okay, so they began to carry Joe belonging, riches away, the Chaldeans. When they came into Jerusalem, they surrounded and they attacked Jerusalem. They took all the vessels of gold and silver from the temple, the Bible says. Same behavior, same attitude, hallelujah, same fingerprint here. What they did in Jerusalem later after, in the times of Jeremiah, when they surrounded Jerusalem, surrounded the temple of God, they took all the golden vessels that the priests will use. Okay? Same thing happened in the times of Job. They attacked in three ways, three foreign, three vans took the camel, and having carried them away, yea, they slain the serpent with the edge of the sword. Okay? I only have escaped to tell you the story. This was an army attacking a community because Job owned many slaves, and many, he says, later on were born in his house. So that entire community belongs to Job. And the, the Chaldeans, the Russian, came and attacked them took all their belongings. You know they came for the riches like they did in Jerusalem. They took all the, all the cup of gold and all the plates of gold, everything, the spoon, everything of gold in the temple. They took away cactus to Babylon, a silver, and much more. My brother insisted. Same people, same behavior. They never changed. They took the same. The devil doesn't change his tactic. They worked. They worked, my brother insisted. Okay? Thank you, Lord. Praise your God. And then while he was still speaking, they also carried another and said, Thy son, thy daughter were eating. By the way, going back to the fire that came down from heaven, that can also be uh, uh, drums, drums, lanting mistle in the last day, prophetic to the last days. My brother insisted. But fire is what the servant saw coming from the heaven. That's technology. That is technology. Because he says God. Because, of course, Joel was a servant of God. And, and Joel had told him that God was the Almighty. Only God can make these things happen. That means he was not fully aware of technology. This was a technology used against them. My brother insisted. And destroyed their homes, everything they had, and took everything they have. My brother insisted. Isn't that incredible? Behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smacked the corners of the house and fell upon the young men, and they are dead. The only one that escaped was us. What, what are they controlling out here, manipulating? The weather. I told you this book is so prophetic. The weather is being manipulated here. 
Weather manipulation. Russia, the Russians are manipulating the weather in the last days. Only if, if the leaders of this nation will listen to me in regard to this. The Lord show me. They got technology to manipulate the weather. And they're causing all this rain and bad wind here and all that. Soil to become loose in, the, in California and different states. Behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness. Hallelujah. It smacked the, the four corners of the house and fell upon the young men. Listen, if you're very familiar with the weather, wind doesn't come from the wilderness this way. It comes from the ocean. It, the formation mostly in the ocean. Bad weather usually form. Hurricanes usually form in the ocean. If you can find me any proof of a hurricane not being formed in the ocean, being formed in the wilderness, please show me. Link me the information. Just send it to me. And I can send you thousands of proof of hurricane being formed in the ocean somewhere. Bible insisted. That is biblical. And that's what this is saying. And so this is saying in the wilderness. So what did God say here? This is not natural. This is technology that they're using. Hurricanes are not formed in the wilderness. They're formed in the ocean. And if one is being formed in the wilderness, like it says here, Okay, if a hurricane is forming the wilderness of California and then going into San, San Francisco to destroy it, that is a weapon. That is not formed by, by natural weather, my brother and sister. God, God is giving us here the, 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 the understanding and his words, the revelation, the knowledge, the wisdom for us to study all these bad weather and these things that are happening. Where are they beginning? Where are they forming? And they're forming in the wilderness is by the technology, by the enemy. The enemy is using this technology to destroy cities, to destroy country, to destroy places, people, kill people. And this is what he was doing here with this technology. They not came from the ocean. It came from the wilderness, this one. Normally they are forming the ocean, not in the wilderness. My brother and sister. Amen. I hope you understood that. About the four corners of the house. Hallelujah. Now, how is it that a weather, a storm, comes one way? They don't come four way. And if it comes four way, it's more than one, four. How does four storms are hitting one house in four way? That's technology. That's, that's not natural. You can study that yourself. That's not natural. This is technology being used against this home, against these people, my brother and sister, of the enemy, technology of the enemy, falling Nephthalians, falling demon, principality. This is what God is showing us here, how the enemy works. In the same way form, he attacked Job, his home, his people, his home, his children, everything they own. In the last days being used, the same Hallelujah. They was using technology to harm people, to harm state, to harm country. My brother and sister, it's in the word of God. It's nothing new under the sun. And God is showing it to us. What did Job do? Then Joseph rose and rent his mantle and shaved his head, fell down upon the ground and worshipped. Hallelujah. Raise your hand. People from California, when you had the bad weather last week and the week before, did you do this that Joe did? 
went in the ground and worshipped God. My brother and sister, very few people will do this. Hallelujah. When see all this evil comes, instead of going crazy and running out of the hole, and, 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 no, they go on their knees and worship God. Fell on the ground and worship. My brother and sister, because he could see the devil was at work here. And the, only, the only protection we have against this attack of the enemy. Hallelujah. Come closer to the Lord. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Get on your knees. Cry out to God. There how you resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Out of here, yo. He'll run. Because he don't want no part with God. He'll attack you. But once you go to God, he runs. Because he knows he, he, he'll lose right away. Jesus defeat, defeat him at the cross. Publish him, destroy him at the cross. He don't want no part with that. So when the enemy attacks you, what do you do? Humble yourself before God. Get on the ground. Right there in your bedroom, in your house. And cry out to God and say, oh, Lord, deliver me. Fight for me, oh, Lord. God says, Benjamin, mine. Go to him. Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. Fight for me, Jesus. Hallelujah. Submit to God. Hallelujah. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Peter says to the churches, the only way. Got to learn this way. This is what Job did. Job did it. It works for him. Elisha did it. Jacob did it. Abraham did it. And they got their victory secure 100%. You'll get the same. Moses did it. Hallelujah. Then said, naked I came out of my womb. Naked should I return hither. The Lord gave it. The Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, Lord, why is this happening to me? You gave me this. How can you take it away? Joe did not do that. He didn't broke down crying. Oh, why are you taking it away from me? All these riches you gave me, such a beautiful mansion. So many children. So much cattle and abundant God you have given. You've been protecting it so far. Why are you taking it away from me? Not that. Not Joe. Not Joe. Joe was a mature Christian trusting in the Lord with all his heart, not leaning on his own understanding. Bible insisted. He knew that if God did it, so let the name of the Lord be blessed. Trusted the Lord with all his heart. Trust the Lord with all thine heart. Do not lead on thy own understanding. Joe was that man. God's giving us the testimony of a perfect man before God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Minds are worshiping the Lord. You can heal him, huh? Thank you, Lord. You know, they can be quiet for hours. I start preaching, they start worshiping. Huh? Thank you, Lord. That's a sign. That's a sign. Huh? Worship the Lord, all the earth, the Bible says. All the living, worship the Lord. They worship. Thank you, Lord. God is so good. Always give us what we need in the times when we need it. Thank you, Lord. And all this Joe said not. No change. Charge God's foolish. <laughs> are you saying that many Christians today that are charging God foolish are sinning? 
How can God do this to me? They say, why? Why? I've been going to church every Sunday. I've been a faithful Christian twice and nothing. I've been supporting his work. How can he do this to me? They say, Joel did not charge God foolishly. And by it, he never sinned. Huh? Let's learn from this man. Let's learn from this testimony. My brothers and sisters, we have so much to learn. Jesus with the cross on his back, whipping him, punching him, pulling his beard, pulling his hair. Hallelujah. And his enemy laughing and mocking him. And he looked to heaven and he said, Father, forgive them. Because they know not what they do. Hallelujah. Greater than Job is he. He entered city for them. My brother and sister that were beating on him, abusing him. Hallelujah. Forgive them, Father, because they know not what they do. I say I said that he opened not his mouth. No. Hallelujah. They kept going with the cross. So finish the race. Paul prayed that he could finish his race. My brother and sister. Jesus said, whoever endure and persevere to the end shall be saved. Hallelujah. God has a plan and a purpose for us. Here's the test. Here's a prophecy now that will confirm everything we're saying. Please listen. Shalom. Hi, this is Vicki Goforth Parnell. And I have come I have come to share a, a short word from the Lord that came yesterday. I had been doing some work around the house. And I felt just a heaviness, and I heard the Lord call me to come and pray. And when I began praying and interceding, um, praying in tongues, this word came forth. This is the word the Lord spoke to me. And I didn't know if I was going to share it. I shared it with some friends immediately to pray, the prayer team, the people that I trust to pray. But I woke up this morning, and he said it needed to be shared, so that's what I'm going to do. But first, Lord willing, let us pray together. Father God in heaven, I come to you, Lord. I give you praise first and foremost, for you are God and God alone. You sit upon the throne in heaven, ruling heaven and earth, and nothing is done that you do not know about or knew about in advance. So I give you praise, Father. I give you praise, because your children can sit well in that knowing. Nothing takes you by surprise, and you're already ahead of it, taking care of us. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that this word would go forth and you would let it reach whoever it needs to reach. And, Father God, that it does not cause cause fear, but it causes a preparedness. It causes a knowledge of knowing that you, our love, are giving warning. So, Father God, according to Isaiah 55, 11, your word will not return unto you, Lord, but it will accomplish all that you have called it and set it out to do, all that it pleases for you to have done. And I stand on that, Lord, in Jesus' name. And I stand on Isaiah 54, 17. It says, No weapon formed against us shall prosper. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I'm praying against any weapon, any device, electronical, physical, spiritual, any type of pharmacia, any biological, any, any chemical, any wave, or any kind of vibration device, or, or machine, or weapon, or binary code. I come... I also stand against and come against in the name of Jesus standing on Matthew 18 18 whatsoever shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven whatsoever shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven 
And Luke 2, 19, Behold, I give a new power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Lord, we stand on your word. Your word, your word is truth. Your word is life. Your word is a, a spiritual sword. The sword of, of truth, of truth. You are truth. So, Father God, any of these, gins, plots, snares, devices, witchcraft, any of these things that have been spoken into existence against us, Father, by command, by written, by verbal, by text, um, any kind of thing trying to pass on by curse, I cancel them in the name of Jesus and the authority of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, my Savior, my Savior, my King, my Lord, my God, whom my soul loveth. And Lord, I praise you. I praise you. Now, I take and I bind every demonic force entity from the hierarchy that would be involved in this. And in the name of Jesus, I wrap you in everlasting chains, dipped in the blood of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, I take my sword of the Spirit, the Spirit of truth, and pierce your body with the truth of God from navel to neck in Jesus' name. And Father, I now in Jesus' name take my sword of the Spirit and I decapitate every one of these demonic forces in the name of Jesus. You said that we could tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and that, that Satan would soon be crushed, shortly crushed under your feet. So Lord, I'm standing on your word because you said greater things than this shall ye do. And Lord, I stand on this. And now I take all of their pieces And I throw them upon every satanic ritual site, past, present, future, till eternity is over, until eternity of this life, till this life is over, Father. In Jesus' name, you bring down your new earth and your new heaven. I give you praise, Father. I give you praise for all things. And Lord, I pray that you would open the understanding, the hearts and minds of your children that are seeking, that are searching, that are trying to know the truth. There's so much deception out there, Lord. I pray that you would close each ear and each eye to the deception of Satan and of the world's enticements. And that you would place in in them and me, God, a hunger and desire to know you passionately, to pursue you passionately, Father, to be the bride, Jesus, that you deserve, a spotless, pure bride, worthy of your title and rank as Lord of Lords and King of Kings, the Alpha and Omega. In Jesus' name I pray this. And I pray, Father, let your perfect will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, Father, any place vacated by any demonic force, I pray and ask, Lord, that you would release your Holy Spirit in that place. You would release your glory and your blood, Lord, so that nothing can enter that vacated place but these things. And including the gifts of your Spirit, Lord. I want them too, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, this is a word that came forth on 129.23 at 2.22 p.m. Today is 1.30.23. And it is a wave coming upon the east. Okay, at first I heard Ezekiel 22.2 and it reads, Now thou son of man, wilt thou judge? Wilt thou judge the bloody city? Yea, thou shalt shew her all her abominations. And then I said, Jesus, I'm here to pray. And then I hear, Destruction comes, daughter. Destruction on the tide. On the tide, daughter. On the tide. From the east, A device, a machine in the belly of a ship shall cause the tide 
to raise high into the air. Oh, it comes, daughter. Oh, it comes. Look to the east of your once great nation. I'm in America. Rushing by nature. A warning lesson from Putin of the bear to your nation's officials who know this power he possesses. Pray, daughter, pray now, for many souls shall be lost in the waters to come. I say, God help us. I see our whole nation being ripped apart. Help us, God, help us. That is to come, daughter. It is to come. Babylon shall be no more than, than a shell of her former glory. And for those that may not know, the Lord now calls America Babylon to me. This is a dire warning that's delivered by Putin's forces that your once great nation will face further dire consequences. If you continue to supply the Ukraine with weapons of troops, even though they must be sent to further weaken your nation, so when the time comes, you will no longer have the ability to defend yourself. But he, Putin of the bear, is angry because he has lost more troops than he anticipated and we are sending more than he had been informed. That, we, had, that he had been informed would be sent in prior conversations with the elite hidden society. He realizes they have not been forthcoming fully to him about all the facts of the plans. He is angry. Now, now he's motivated. Now he's motivated, not only by brilliance, brilliance and cunning, but deep-seated anger from betrayal of those he has so faithfully served. The elite hidden society. Here are the verses. Amos three seven. First Thessalonians five three. 2 Timothy 3.1 Jeremiah 33.3 3, and Ephesians 1.9 And as always, I ask that you would pray about this. Take it to the Lord. Take it to Jesus and ask Him to reveal the truth of these things to you, to speak to you, and to line it up with His Word. Now with that being said, that is the word that I received yesterday. As I said, I did not know if I was going to share it. But there are many things coming upon our earth. We are in perilous times. There's more than just rumors of war. There's war everywhere. If I was not saved, it would be a scary time to live in. I do not fear what's coming. But if you have fear in your heart over anything that's coming, anything, and you don't know Jesus, you need to know Him. And if you are a Christian and you have fear in your heart, and you're struggling with continual fear, you need to seek the Lord. Because to, to fear when we are sheltered in the arms of God, when Psalms 91 says that we can abide in the shadow of His wings, under the shadow of the Almighty, if you're having fear, you need to check your, your heart. You need to seek the Lord and let Him reveal if there's anything hidden that needs to be taken care of or repented of. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, 
but of power of love in a sound mind. Second Timothy one seven. With that being said, if you are in fear, or if you are in fear and don't know Jesus, I invite you to meet him today. He is a love like no other. He is a love like no other. I apologize for that. My microphone fell. With that being said, I want to invite you, if you don't know Jesus, or if you're in fear, I ask you to run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. He is a love like no other. He is a love like no other. You see, greater love hath no man than he lay down his life for his friend, for his neighbor, for another person. That's what Jesus did for you. He gave his life for you so you could be free. You do not have to live in sin and you can have eternal life. You do not have to be bound by the shackles of Satan. You do not. So I invite you, if you're not saved, to accept him today. It's simple. Just repeat this prayer after me. Father God in heaven, I ask you to forgive me of my sins in Jesus' name. Jesus, I ask you come in and wash me clean. Forgive me of all my sin, my sins, my wrongdoing against the, the nature, the laws of God. Forgive me of the wrong that I've done and I've committed. Wash me clean. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I confess that He was born of a virgin and He lived as a man. He gave His life on the cross for me and was beaten for me. And then He he died. He gave His life. But He rose again on the third day, victorious, allowing me to be redeemed by His blood. I confess this. And I thank you, Jesus. I thank you. And when you accept Jesus, it's that simple. And when you accept Jesus into your heart, most of the time you will feel a change. A few times there have not been, I've heard people say. But it doesn't matter what you feel. You don't go on feelings. You go on faith. You go on knowing that the name of Jesus is all-powerful. Philippians 2, 9 says he's been given a name that is highly exalted above all others. It's a name above all names. And it's through the power of his name and his sacrifice and your act of obedience because you're saved by grace, not by works. With that being said, if you have accepted the Lord and you have questions or anything, you can contact um, either local church that the Lord leads you to or you can contact us here on um, pray.856myjesus at gmail.com we have people that will pray with you I'll be praying with you but now if you are in fear and you're a child of God you do not have to stay in that fear James 4 7 says submit yourself therefore to God resist the devil and he will flee now 2 Timothy 1 7 again says for God has not given us a spirit of fear as of Satan so you submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. How do you do that? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I rebuke you, Satan, and I resist you in the name of Jesus. That's how you do it.
and you stand on the word. You keep standing on the word. Look up scriptures. The word cannot fail. And and if you're in fear, we'll just use uh, and the peace of God passes all understanding. So keep your hearts and minds to Christ Jesus. I believe that's Philippians four four six. Four six or seven is one of them. You can have peace. You do not have to have fear. Isaiah twenty six three. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. This mind is stayed upon thee, because he trusteth in thee. Keep your mind on the Lord. So if you're having fear, if you're having doubt, if you're refocus on Jesus, it's that simple. Refocus. Get in the word. Get in the word. Get in the word. That will build up your most holy faith. Get in the word. Get into praying and seeking the Lord. And he will lead you. Uh, with that being said, um, I will have to splice this together. But God bless. Stay in the blood from Tennessee. I love you. So does Jesus. Hi, this is Vicki Goforth Parnell. And I have received another word today. The one I released earlier this morning was from yesterday. Um, but while praying at 6.06 p.m., it's now 8.28 p.m., and I've been praying, asking the Lord whether to share it or not, whether to hold it back, what was His will. And again, I have heard, share it, and share it now. So I'm going to share this word, but I'm praying that and asking that you pray with me. Pray that your understanding is open, that truth be revealed, His truth. Don't take my word for nothing. I'm human, but you take your word from God and through the word. Let's pray. Father God, I come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. For there is no other way we can approach the throne of grace. And Father, I will not apologize for the way that you have me pray. Because I have seen strongholds torn down, life set free. I have seen demons cast out, Father. I will continue to pray as the Holy Spirit leads. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you send this word forth. Send this word forth on four corners of the wind. And, Lord, let it pierce the hearts with your truth to every person. Lord, if it's encouraging, let it encourage. If it's conviction, let it convict. But, Lord, let it make a change. Let your word, your word does not return unto you void. Isaiah 55, 17, 55, 11. Your word does not return unto you void. It says it will accomplish all that you have set it out to do. And Lord, that's what I'm standing on. Now, Father, you have also ordained and you called me to deliver this word. And I pray that I speak not one word that's not of you. And if I do, Holy Spirit, you shut me down. But I'm asking right now, Holy Spirit, my friend in Jesus' name, you lead me, you anoint me, and you say whatever you want to say in this video. I'm just the vessel and I surrender to you. I surrender to you, my lovely Jesus. Now, Father, you have also told me before and after, and before and during, and then after to pray over these videos and these words, and that's what I'm going to do. So in the name of Jesus, I pray over this to go out where it needs to go. I bind all hindrances, whether it be physical or whether it be spiritual, because even in the physical, there's a demon behind it. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come against every plot, every gin, every snare, every device, every fiery dart, every arrow. Father God, every witchcraft, every curse, spell, vex, hex, 
You have no power here in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, every technological weapon or device or, or gizmo or gadget, every electronic, every every known and unknown weapon, past, present, and future, that would try to come against the words of this message. In Jesus' name, I cancel it. And every attack against me, my family, this ministry, your church, your bride, Father, your bride, Jesus, your bride, I pray for a glorified blood hedge protection, Lord. I pray for you to to build a hedge of protection around each one of your children and let them realize that they can hide in the shelter of your wings. You are our safety. You're our Isaiah 2021 place of safety. So, Father, now the demonic forces that would try to hinder whether through the electronics, whether through people, whatever, Father God. I cancel every assignment in the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, I do so with much glee. Bind these demonic forces with everlasting chains and dipped in the blood of Jesus that will burn like acid upon their skin. And in the name of Jesus, I do take my sword of the Spirit because, Father, you said in your holy word in the Scripture, you said... Behold, I give unto you. You have told me. You have told your church to do these things. We pray to you. and We pray in Jesus' name. But we are the ones that are supposed to activate our faith. And we are the ones that are supposed to speak and do these things. Mark 16. The Great Commission. Go out. Make disciples. Go out. Cast out demons. Heal the sick. In Jesus' name. But we have to do it. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I bind these stinking demons and these satanic hierarchy people and, and all these things. And I take my sword of the Spirit, and I do gut you from navel all the way up to skull in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, because I know the name of Jesus causes you to fear and tremble and convulse. So, in the name of Jesus, and that's why I keep saying in the name of Jesus, I also say, while you are bound until the day of judgment... That the, the words, Jesus is Lord, will be sung repeatedly over in your head. So that while you are bound and waiting your judgment, you will fear and convulse at the name of Jesus. That power, that name above all names. You've come to kill, steal, and destroy. Well, I've come to take you out in the name of Jesus. So you can't kill, steal, and destroy as we are called to do in Jesus' name. I am battle ready. And I will, in Jesus' name, do all I am called to do. I will not sit down, shut up, or be quiet. I will not back up. I will march forward and grab and snatch as many souls from your hands that I can, Satan, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray your perfect will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I cast these that are bound in front of hell's gate as a reminder as a reminder to every demon or hybrid or whatever goes through them. This is what befalls those that dare to pass, to, to come against a child of God. Not just me, a child of God who's not afraid to make a stand in Jesus' name. We have all power and authority. It's time the church uses it. I give you praise, Father, in Jesus' name. All right. With that being said, this word came forth today, one thirty twenty three. Excuse me. 
at 6.06 p.m. And I have been praying, praying for a while when this came out. And it started out with, oh, it is called, he had it named, Wake, wake Up, O Sleeper. Wake Up, O Sleeper. Hard times coming for my people who are left behind. Hard times. If you can't stand for me now, how will you then? Days, days of time is not long, daughter. If you faint with the footmen, how will you run with chariots and horses? Prepare your hearts in me. Put on your whole armor and quit running around partially clad. Half clad is not going to protect you fully from the fiery darts and arrows of your enemy, Satan. Wake up, church. I say wake up now. You are are out of time. Do you hear me? Out of time. O oh, sleeper, awake. Awake, I say. Answer this call to arms, or you will be left to face Antichrist and the horrors of a world ruled by him, by Satan. Awake, I say. Awake. Why stand ye here idle, going about day by day, as if nothing is going on in your world. Destruction comes. War comes. Awake, O sleeper of mine. I say awake. This is my last call to you. And if you choose to ignore my words and the pull of my Holy Spirit upon your heart, then you will awake only too late to, only too late to escape Antichrist's reign and my wrath to come upon your world upon my world I own this world I created it and soon I shall destroy it by fire and heat I am God and there's none like me why halt you between two opinions serve me or serve Satan the false gods of the days of old have returned to reign by Antichrist's side can you not feel the evil intensified? Your world, you would if you were as in love with me as you are with the things of this world, such as positions, fame, love of money, relationships, even food, has more love for some than me. Wake up, you cold, indifferent sleeper. For if you do not, you will upon waking finally have to choose between me or Satan. Between living or dying. Serve me or choose to serve Satan. Tribulation days have already started. The clock countdown to the ending of time has already begun. The earth groans. It groans. All creation can sense what's coming. The rise of pure evil upon it, no longer contained to below the waters and the earth. Days, days of time, days of time before what is coming comes upon your world. A groaning, a moaning, a twisting, a turning. Can't you see, O oh foolish world? You're out of time. War has arrived in full force upon your world, 
as darkness soon descends for three days of time within time and a will within a will. You will find my words to be true. Darkness and war are intertwined by the beginning of one after the ending of the other, yet the same, yet separate. A separation, a dividing, a misting, an unveiling, a triggering, a division, a war like none other that shall rock your whole world. A trigger, not one, but two, as Taiwan begins its fall at the hands of the king of the east, Xi Jinping. Then all eyes will be diverted from Russia, the bear, and the Ukraine, and be cast upon China and Babylon, known formerly as the United States, as America. Seasons come, seasons go, or do they? I say snow is in the world's forecast, snow and bitter cold. A time of sifting, a time of purging, a time of refining, as those left behind go through the lessons, trials, and persecution to give them what's needed in me to face death upon a world gone mad with hate, deception, and satanic rule. Wake up, O sleeper of mine. Wake up, or I say in a few short days of allotted time, this will be your end time fate. Take the mask, take the mark of Antichrist, or lose your head. Lose your life for my name, Jesus' sake. Awake, I say, awake now. Now, for my ready and awaiting bride, I say, you are looking beautiful. Draw into me, and I shall adorn you further with my holiness, purity, and righteousness. Keep yourself garment ready with your wedding attire on, because when I, op- when I appear, I say you will not have time to don not even one item. You are so beautiful, my glowing bride. It won't be long now, my bride, my love. You have not long to wait. In your world's eye view, if I were a groom, on his wedding day, I would be at the point where I am already driving to the church and about to pull up and arrive. That's how close my returning is. So hold on. Hold on, my bride. Endure a moment longer in me. I promise you, it will all be worth it. Every heartache, every shed tear, every battle, all worth it. As I wipe your tears with my hands all away and embrace you tenderly in my arms. My bride, my bride, you will never have to depart from me, but will be my bride forever at my side. My bride, my bride, oh, how I love thee. Oh, how I love you. I'm coming, so be ready. Be ready, I say, and draw strength in me. Hope in me. Find peace in me as you shelter yourself under my wing until I arrive. I am coming, my bride, and I am about to arrive. 
and he had me sign it this time, which is not normal. He's, I, I maybe once he's done it before. He said, signed Jesus, Savior, Judge, and Loving Groom. Here are the verses that he has given me. Romans 13, 12 through 14. 1 Corinthians 10, 26. Excuse me. Thank you, Lord, for the water. Thank you. Apologize for that. Joshua twenty four fifteen, Matthew five ten, Psalms ninety one one through four, Ephesians five fourteen, Isaiah sixty one ten, Isaiah fifty four five, Revelation nineteen seven through eight, Jeremiah twelve five, Psalms. 43, 2. Proverbs 24, 10. 1 Peter 4, 12. Ephesians 6, 11 through 18. 2 Peter 3, 9 through 10. Luke 16, 13. Revelation 24. And Isaiah 26, 3. Please pray about this. And I, I'm i sure as a child of God, there is somebody you know that professes to be a Christian, but their fruits are showing that they're not living a godly life. Or they've grown cold. We need to pray they wake up. We need to pray. If you are not praying for your lost, if you're not praying for any of the lost, then you're letting down what you're called to do. The first part of Mark 16, it, it tells us in the Word in, in more than one place, go ye out into all the world and make disciples. Teach the gospel. Preach the gospel. And when they get saved, you don't just drop somebody. You tutor them. You make a disciple. You teach them the ways of the Lord. We can't afford to lose any. I don't want anybody to go to hell. I don't want anybody to go to hell. I've seen it, and I've seen it's It's, no. Not even those that call themselves my enemy. I do not wish that on them. I'm in John. Stay with me for a moment. Like I need to read Mark 16. I'm going to read the Great Commission. It's found in different places, but <clears throat> excuse me, this is where the Lord sends me a lot. Mark 16, verse 15 through 16, and the very first command, and He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Preach the gospel. That's just not a calling for the preacher. That means you testify, you witness. 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe, that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. 18. 
They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. We do this in Jesus' name, but we have to do the physical part. We do our part, the Lord do his part more. It's a win-win situation. So, if you don't have a burden for the lost, you need to be praying for one. Because the, the field is white and it's ready to be harvested. If you've grown cold in your love for Jesus, you need to repent and you need to come home. You need to come home. Because I, I even know people that said, Well, I'll get I'll get right when you know, when Antichrist comes and no. If you cannot stand now, what makes you think you can stand then? It's only by the grace of Jesus and the love and power of Jesus that you'll be able to stand. But uh, can you say a hundred percent? If you do not make the rapture that you will hold out when you can't even stand now. That you will hold out and not take that mark when your baby's sick or, or, or your husband's sick and you need medicine and you have to take the mark to get it. Or you're not eating for days. If you're not trusting fully in the Lord, you might find yourself in that position. Just things to think about and pray about. Alright, I'm going to wrap this up. We've got to reach the lost. And with that being said, again, I'm going to give an invitation and ask you if you don't know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus Christ, Son of the Living God, you don't know what you're missing. When He comes in and He washes you clean, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's a brand. You're a brand new creature. You're brand new. All the things you've done in the past, the sins and the wrong, washed away. And the sins are are things that go against God's law, God's moral code, God's righteousness and holiness, like adultery, lying, cheating, stealing, cursing. These things are sin, but they're forgivable. So, with that being said, I, I do invite you to ask the Lord into your heart. And it's simple. And it says, um, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt be saved down thy household. Um, also in John three sixteen, For God so loved the world, the whole reason Jesus came, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life a promise a promise so once you are saved I'm not going to say it's going to be easy it's not always easy no but you don't have to walk alone you don't have to face all the trials of this life and persecution that you're facing as a sinner too you don't have to face that alone he is a friend and a brother like no other he is faithful and true Will he correct you? Yes, because like a father that loves his children, he does. 
because He wants you to spend His eternity, your eternity with Him. All right, so if if you want to know Jesus, it's that simple. You just say this. Just pray this little prayer and mean it. And, and pray it out loud because you need to confess it. Father God, in Jesus' name, I humbly come before you. Jesus, I ask you forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. I am a sinner. I believe that you have come to this earth as a baby. You lived as a man, was whipped and beat, and gave your life for me when you hung on Calvary's cross. I believe that you died, gave your life, and rose again. And through this, all that you have done, I can now be redeemed by the shedding of your blood. So Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I make you my Lord and my Savior. And I confess you as my Savior among men. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And it's that simple. It's that simple. Because you're saved by grace. And you have made the the confession. You're saved by grace though. Not by works. So again... If you've accepted the Lord as your Savior, I would recommend you find a good church to get in. As the Lord leads, pray about it. Um, If you need any questions answered or any, just any prayer, any any encouragement, any anything starting your new walk, or even any child, we have a prayer email on my lovely ministry. MyLovelyJesusMinistry.com MyLovelyJesusMinistry on Facebook and Telegram We have one email and it's um, Prayer.856MyJesus at gmail.com That is for prayer and questions and we will prayerfully get to that We pray before we answer every question And for those of you that just still, still feel the need to throw your ugly emails into there. You're really jamming it up for those that really have a need. As I said, they don't come to me. I don't see them. Maybe once or twice, you know, if I'm in there before anybody else. So please quit clogging up for those that have a real need. Because your emails are not getting to me. And they're just having to waste time sifting through them to get to the people that really have a need. And if you are a Christian, even though you may be angry or dislike me or whatever, think about the other people. Again, they don't get to me very solemn. With that being said, God bless. In Tennessee, Lord, is there anything else you would like me to say? Okay. Alright, from Tennessee, I say God bless, stay under the blood. And I keep saying these things are coming. And people ask, how, you can't say a statement like these things are coming and not say what? Look around. Anybody can see war, famine, destruction, the Antichrist. These things are coming. So I look up, our redemption draweth nigh. We have hope.
We have hope. And his name is Jesus. Love you from Tennessee. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Vicki Gilford Parnell. And I have a word from the Lord that I've been praying about whether or not to share. I received it on um, 2-11, excuse me, 22, at 4.22 a.m. It is a long word. It is a powerful word. But I don't share anything without first seeking the Lord and asking the Holy Spirit to lead me if I'm to share it all, part of it, or not at all. The title of this that the Holy Spirit gave me, that Jesus gave me, My blood is not a not powerless word. I'm going to pray first, and then we will get into this. And he has led me to start with scripture. And there are several. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. First off and foremost, Lord, I bind every hindrance. I bind you, Satan. And I command you in Jesus' name to step back and step away. I cast you away in Jesus' name. And you must flee because I have submitted myself to God. I have drawn nigh to God and he has drawn near to me. I stand upon his word according to his word. And it's through the power of Jesus in me and the power of his blood you have to leave in Jesus' name. Now, Father God, I pray that you teach us. Give us teachable spirits. To learn what you're saying, to heed and to listen. Give us eyes to see the truth. And Lord, let us take everything to your word and check it. Line it up. Everything we see and we hear must line up to your word. Father God, it must line up to this holy scriptures. Because your word does not change. And it is infallible. And it will stand when everything else will fail. So Father God, in Jesus' name... I ask you send this word forth and let there be no more interruptions in the name of Jesus. Okay. Again, I am to start with the, what I have titled as blood verses that he gave me. And there are several. There will be verses afterwards. And it is important for you to know where the verses are and to listen to the verses and then look them up and study. Study in context what they are. Revelation twelve eleven. This will begin. My blood is not powerless word. And they overcame him. The Christians overcame him. By the blood of the lamb. And by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives. Unto death. Ephesians 1. 4 and 7. According as he hath chosen us in him. Before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. His blood is all powerful. And we should give it the honor it's due. Revelations 1.5 And from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness. And the first begotten of the dead. And the prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us. And washed us from our sins. In his own blood. Leviticus 17.11 For the life of the flesh is in the blood. 
and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. And under the grace covenant, it is Jesus' blood that makes us atonement. <coughs> Excuse me. Colossians 1.14 In him we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Hebrews 10, 19-23, and in verse 29. 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness, boldness, to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So by his blood we can enter into the holy of holies and stand before God redeemed and make our petitions known. Verse 19 again. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. 20. By a new and living way, which he hath consecrate, has consecrated for us, through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Verse 21. And having an high priest over the house of God. Verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart, in assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. Verse 29. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, for with he was sanctified, an unholy thing, and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. First John five five through ten, um, five through eight. I'm sorry. Five. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? Verse 6, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. Verse 7, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Verse 8, And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree, agree in one. Alright, I'm going to start with the word. Again, it's called my blood. It's not powerless. In all I do, it's for your good, and the good of my people. Everything I move, I speak, and direct, it's for your good, even though you can't always see what I do or understand what I do. Everything I do, I do out of love for you, my children. Even in my hand of judgment, when it moves across your world and upon your once great nation, it is also done out of love. Sin shall not have dominion over you, my children. So why let it? 
Why let sin rule your minds, your flesh? Why do you say, I can't, when I've told you in my holy word, my scriptures, you, yes, you can. Through me, you can do all things. Let me remind you, children, you can do nothing within yourselves, not even breathe. Life is a precious gift, a gift from the Father to each and every one upon the earth. You seem to forget that I, your God, am all-powerful, that I, your Savior, can redeem any soul, no matter how vile the sin in their life, when they come humbly before me with the heart of true repentance and not fickle hearts and feigned words upon their lips because salvation and redemption are only found in me in me Jesus it took the shedding of my blood my very blood given freely for all to pay the awful cost for your sin excuse me Thank you, Jesus. My blood is not like your blood. It's not like your blood, children. My blood is powerful. My blood cleans. My blood protects as it covers. My blood alone is enough to redeem every soul on earth who has ever lived, who's going to live, and who roams the earth now. Don't belittle or downplay the power that lies within my blood. By my blood and mine alone, your sins are washed totally clean from your life and you can stand before me redeemed, reborn. By my blood, the shedding of my blood, healing is given for every known and unknown ailment, sickness, illness, disease, or virus that exists or will exist. My blood does this. My blood is all-powerful. Don't lessen in your hearts the power of my blood. Don't ever lessen its power in making it equal to the blood of man. When I came to your world, I came in man flesh, but I assure you, I was also still 100% God being as well. And my blood is not the same as yours. My blood purifies the mind, the body, the soul, the spirit. And when you speak my blood over your life, excuse me, for those who love me and their lives, line up with my word on how to live holy before me, then yes, little children, it does bring protection. Thank you, Lord. It is my blood that's all-powerful and my blood alone. Now, children, when you combine the power of my blood with the power of my name, Jesus, and stand in faith believing in all my word, in all that my word says, excuse me, you will become unstoppable in your walk with me you will still go through persecutions trials and fires 
or you will come through these things. Just as the three Hebrew boys came through the fire, they saw the fire, 